0: season three episode one of stats the matter we back baby um russell carrington wilson is no longer a seahawk and i just want to let you know that y'all can ask me whatever questions you want but i'm gonna answer in the same way so when y'all ready go ahead and ask me them questions but i'm gonna answer the same way (laughs) yeah uh how you feeling i'm just here so i can whine (laughs)
1: <laughs> ah good because uh that is exactly what this episode is going to be for this is sam's uh farewell tour to uh a one russell wilson he is tom hanks adrift in the ocean uh looking
0: for his, i'm just his, his here his volleyball so i can whine
2: <laughs>
1: ah, well Sam, let's let's get this ball rolling even if you are here to wine, I, I need to Russell hear a Russell Carrington
0: Wilson no longer a Seattle Seahawk we've got thoughts about that the Rodgers rate what this disturbing trend means for football and many other things uh, as quickly as I possibly can get through them in our cups this week it's an imperial stout from Portland, Maine to drown my sorrows the 2021 barrel select angels with filthy souls aged 25 months in bourbon barrels and 25 months is how long it's going to take me to get the fuck over this uh, and you have a double IPA from North Haven, Connecticut Follow us on Instagram Tracker. at stats do matter and Twitter at stats podcast for all things sports and beer. Um, definitely commiserate with your boy on the social medias about the loss and find stats matter wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google. Tim, let's get into the show and why don't you do me a favor and crack your beer? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. Um, my bad, man. I feel for you. I do. I do feel for you. It's, uh, I take that back. I kind of feel for you because we were I'm in, just
0: here so I can whine.
1: We were in the same boat and now new England's going to be paying an awful close attention to all you, uh, Seattle fans out there that may or may not have, uh, given a little stink eye to everybody in new England who was then rooting for, uh, Tampa Bay, which. I'm going to need uh, our producer to go back and rewind by the way, that producers may to go back and listen to some of the previous podcasts and start plucking out all of those shit talking moments in which you gave me grief because, Oh, you're a Bucks fan now? Oh, you Tampa fan now? Because I tell you what, uh, you are damn right. Sam is going to be whether he admits it or not watching Broncos games and rooting <laughs> for the Broncos to win. And if the Broncos make it into the Super Bowl, I'm betting a million, that my my entire salary, that Sam will be there rooting for the Broncos to win. And there's not a damn thing you can tell me otherwise. Unless you're a huge fan of true Lock. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, I am drinking uh, uh, Wandering into the Fog. I think I've had this one on previous episodes, but they've started doing this um, series where each variant is triple dry hop with a specific hop and this one is mosaic uh i'm a i'm a fan of abomination i think i had their triple before and i thought that one was pretty good there's a couple that are maybe a little bit more hit or miss but uh this one smells fantastic right away now it's not a triple ipa it's just triple dry hop they talked about some of the differences in in verbiage because it can be very confusing but it just means that they literally crammed this thing with as many hops as possible uh, on three different types, and it smells like
3: orange juice and grapefruits mixed together. And I haven't even had a sip yet. It is one of the best smelling beers I've smelled in a very long time. Taste wise, it is almost exactly like that. Uh, very smooth, uh, very very citrusy, and like it's got a first initial punch of that sort of bitter tart uh like grapefruit
1: sort of orange juice feel to it and then it mellows out really nicely and it gives you sort of that orange juice aftertaste like anybody who is a big fan of citrus style ipas i think would really
3: really like this and there's no you know i've talked before i'm not a huge grapefruit uh beer fan
1: so at that that first hint i was like "Eh, i don't know about this it mulls out very, very nicely. I actually like this uh, a lot better than I thought it was. Um, not that I went into it thinking I was gonna dislike it, but I enjoy this quite a bit. I'm gonna give this. We're uh, gonna start out the
3: gate with like a four-one. Oh shit, son! Here we go. Yeah. I'm
1: no, already I'm jealous, jealous about Assassin's your beer, matter. by the way.
0: Uh, I was jealous too. I intended to um, crack it for when there was something to fucking celebrate, like I don't know, Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl win. Uh, and instead because i'm never probably going to see that with russell carrington wilson again i have decided to go and bring the big guns out the barrel select uh 25 months i put it in this nice glass here the whole fucking thing and i will try to not drink it before we get to the damn show notes uh, from the top very boozy very boozy which is going to be very good because i need quite a bit it's been a wild 48 hours uh, for anyone who is a fan of that team or is action green uh and blue in the pacific northwest so here we go
3: by the way while you were drinking that i got the notification at the celtics one again tonight fucking right
0: wow now i've had um I've, I've had angels with filthy souls on this podcast before I love that it's something that Bissell Brothers puts out every single year and that uh, the beer itself is just so good. But like 25 months in bourbon barrels and it's only 12%. It seems to have reached like one of the perfect ways to get the booze and all the other adjuncts to work perfectly.
3: This is a five.
0: A five? This is a five. This is a five. This is, a, this is absolutely a fucking five. This, this There's no way. That everything that has gone into this, that this should work the way that it does. As the rest of the beer falls off you know, your palate, you begin to taste the bit of the barrel. But by that point, it's already gone. You know what I mean? You, you mm-hmm. already got tricked. You already said, ah, fucker. <laughs> you drank this, and it's gone. And then you're like, oh, shit, maybe I need to have another sip. And it just keeps enticing you and enticing you and enticing you. And that, those kind of beers are very, very rare now i'm all and in... the way i think about it like this right if i give a beer like four and a half i'm like oh it's pretty fucking good and if i and if i ever see it it needs to be the thing i i drink immediately over anything else on the menu the yep. five is jesus christ this is like a transformative experience and then by the time you get towards the bottom of it you start being like holy shit what if i never find this beer again you know what i mean and then you start yep. longing for like the one that got away That that's what makes this beer a five to me like i I need to go immediately and find out who has this on the secondary market. I might need to (laughs) if you find someone you let me know because
1: I I missed out on that one.
0: Uh, and I gotta say Oh man. I gotta
1: say
3: if that's your jam, do you know what does it say on the on the bottle what barrel it's aged in? It does not.
0: But you could go go. to their Instagram, I'm sure and figure out. I have to do
3: some investigative research because what you should also consider is
1: picking up a bottle of
0: whatever that bourbon is.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, because I probably wouldn't hate it if it, if it blends so well with uh, what uh, Pete and the team did up there. So, wow, good for them. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Now well, that that's what's that's, in our
1: cups this week. Yeah, now that that's out of the way, let's, let's get this misery over. Let's go for it.
0: All right. Let's, you know, breaking news about 14 days ago, it seems like now. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos originated and executed one of, I think, the most dastardly trades. Of at least probably the last like five years in the NFL, probably longer than that. Uh, But it's absolutely franchise changing for both of them. Russell Wilson and a fifth round pick went to the Broncos. So the Broncos could give up Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, a defensive lineman, two first round picks, two second round picks and a fourth round pick. Mm -hmm. Russell Carrington Wilson is no longer a Seattle Seahawk. We will no longer hear him and every one of his press conferences with his trademark O'Hawks. And we all, you, you know, a lot of people talked about what, what this is going to happen like last year, right? And we said, no, no, we don't think it's going to happen. He came back. He played this year. He got hurt. And you're like, all right, cool. Well, let's count this season as like, you know, a mulligan, a redshirt season, if you will. Like, you, there, there are issues. Clearly, this team and him like didn't get along and see eye to eye and everything. But we're like, come on. This is fucking Russ. This is a franchise quarterback. You just don't find these guys. They don't grow on trees. Like, you can't, you can't just move on from this. And then this season. Man, did we get fucking lulled to sleep with all this? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, if Russ wants to be here, he's going to be here. And I hope I didn't play my last game in, in Seattle. I love this place. I want to have multiple Super Bowls here. And we ate that shit up. We took mm-hmm. it to the bank. We said, I will take that car, and I will sign this interest note of 30% interest on this car. I will, <laughs> I will pay $1,000 a month for this car because I believe this car is incredible. And then the bank came back and said, psych, you sold your, you know, your car note to someone else. Shocking, I think is the best way to say it. Um, I ended up finding out not from Twitter, but from someone else, a friend of mine. Listen to the podcast, Justin, Justin, uh, the guy who came on the podcast and, and did our first uh, Joe fans segment. He texted me and he was like, Wilson, Broncos. And I went, I went right to Twitter and, and um, I think we all saw that Schefter text. I I went to that that tweet page about a hundred times and I just kept I kept hitting refresh and I was like, is this fucking April Fools? Like this can't be right. This can't be right.
2: Mm. And then
0: other places started reporting on it. And then I knew it was curtains when some Seattle beat reporters that I follow were like, yeah, I can't confirm. And I was like, holy shit, they did it. They absolutely did it. Um, we'll get into what I think about it, whether or not it's okay or not okay or all these things. But before we do that, I'm going to take another sip of this barrel select because I have to take you and the listeners of the Stats America podcast down to top five. Not five moments of Russell's career, so uh, I would pour a little out for the career of Russell Wilson, but this is this shit is too expensive. I'm definitely not doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. What's funny is, so I have had a, I've had a, a ton of crazy uh, work hours this week, just for one reason or another. So
3: at one point, I had taken a nap for like thirty minutes. I'm like, all right, I need a quick little power nap, get me through the day. And uh,
1: I had seen some grumblings about Aaron Rodgers when I went to bed. I went, when I fell asleep, and when I woke up, you're like, I need an emergency podcast. I was like, wow, are you that passionate about Aaron Rodgers? Like, there was always a, a probability that he might stay in there. <laughs> and then I happened to pull up my phone, and the first thing I saw was, holy shit, Russell Wilson is no longer in Seattle. That is, that is about as remarkable. And surprising a trade as Eli also going to the Broncos, or sorry, Peyton also going to the Broncos, which is uh, another thing that I had learned like shortly after the fact. I didn't see it in real time. Um, I didn't even hear. I'll be honest, I didn't pay a lot of attention to where Russ might land if he was leaving. I thought, like everybody else, he was sort of in decent. It was one of the
0: initial even yeah. locations that he and his agent decided they were float, as if they would accept the trade to which mm-hmm. is next level like hollywood fucking misdirection
1: i know and everyone keeps looking at denver as if they kind of gave up the farm for it but yeah they gave out a ton of picks but those three guys uh, you know the the three players that they gave drew Locke has been kind of suspect over the last two years and the two other guys you, you know they're replaceable they're not necessarily like franchise guys who are you know, staples in that, that system, you can find other replacements and bringing in someone like Russ is going to bring in some, some attention naturally. So uh, looking at the draft picks, they give up. This is the first time in a while that I haven't heard of anyone of any major value in this draft. That is a franchise changing player. So if we're being honest and we look at the, the structure that they came up with. I have to say that this favors Denver. You got to, you know, say what you want about his time in Seattle, say what you want about his postseason and, and whether or not they won or or what their record was in the postseason. He's still a quarterback that almost every team in the league would go after if they were looking for a prime contender. He's reliable. He's consistent. Um Put him with a a solid team around him and you have some of the vintage Seahawks when you had the Legion of Boom, you know, so they're hoping that this might lure Von Miller to come back, whether or not he's the guy that they should be going after that. I don't know, but, you know, he's a career Bronco and I feel like it would be kind of fitting for him to go back, but it's, it's very difficult to look at this scenario and say Denver didn't come out on top. I know you can look at it and say they banked the immediate future and they kind of did put all of their eggs in one basket and sort of push their chips in. So if he comes out and has a really bad first year, you're going to hear a lot of those kind of get echoed back a little bit more, but it's, it's Russell Wilson. I don't expect that to happen. And if you give him one or two weapons, the likelihood of that happening diminishes even more. So, um, yeah, I think they, I think they came out on top and there's no, there's really no other way to kind of, look at that and say that they didn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 I got some thoughts about why it's okay and why it's not okay. And unfortunately why it's okay is, is the draft picks Because I had to look at this from different. I had to look at it from two perspectives. I had to look at it from two perspectives, see it from the side of uh, a guy that, that fell in love with the game of football because of this team. And then also the cold, hard business reality of the sport that will churn and move on without you. The minute you become uh too conformist. So, all right, let me let me break down top five best moments for me in Russ's Seattle career. And these are in order. Real quick. Number before,
3: five. Real quick, before yeah. you get into that, I have to ask. Do mm. you now, even though the season
1: hasn't started, do you now sympathize with the folks to get the jerseys that are split uh, between two teams, much like the one oh, you're yeah. going to be donning
0: uh, in no yeah. time? Yeah. yeah. So you get yeah. it, now. I I might even... I might even, I mean, not only am I going to do the Tom Brady one because I lost the picks because um, I'm not a bitch, and, and you know, I I stay true to my word, but I also might see if that person on Etsy can make me a, a <laughs> I gave him a just snorted, a Russ, uh, Seattle, Russ Broncos jersey.
1: <laughs> if you willingly buy one of those, that might be the end of our podcast together. But, I will uh, disown you, you said, as a co-host.
0: Look, look, there, there's a lot of things that, that happened during the grieving process, okay? And we'll just, uh, you know. If I blinked twice, you know, you can, you can go ahead and, and send help. But, okay. okay. <clears throat> you blinked a thousand times. So what does that mean? <laughs> well, well, well the, the people at home can't see that. All right. Top five best Russ moments from his career with the damn Seattle fricking Seahawks. Number five, 2017 pirouette toss to Doug Baldwin. Thursday night football, action green uniforms against Arizona Cardinals. Just an unbelievable play where Russ pirouettes out of the pocket. He finds Baldwin, who was blocking on the play, wasn't even the primary receiver. Somehow they made magic. Uh, just, it was an incredible game. It was an incredible toss. Um, and, and that was vintage Russ, really. You know, when you take a look at the height of his powers, like just making defenders look stupid when they came beyond the line of scrimmage. Like he just would duck, dive, dip, and dodge, and, and just make them just eat sand. It was crazy. Uh, number four, go back, if you have NFL Game Pass, um, and watch – the Christmas game, I believe, the 2018 season where they played Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes in Seattle and they won that game. They scored 39 points. I just remember watching that game and just thinking, yeah, I, can, I believe that this team can compete with anyone because Mahomes was already an MVP at that point. And I believe he went to the Super Bowl that year. So it was a bona fide win. And it just let everyone know that, like, this team isn't completely done yet because that was the prevailing, um, prevailing theory for a long time. Number three, Tyler Lockett's catch in the Ice Bowl versus the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card round of 2016. Uh, you go back and you watch that game, the snap was bobbled, went right by Ross's face. He runs, he picks up the ball. The whole Minnesota Vikings defensive line is on him. He finds his way to wiggle out, finds Tyler down the field, 21 yard game, sets up what would be the game winning field goal. Just an unbelievable moment uh, in Seahawks history. Number two, doug baldwin three touchdown game against the then pittsburgh steelers that had the killer bees in 2015. doug took a slam pass 89 yards to the house it was unbelievable i watched it in person with the steelers fan and when it happened shout out to jesse he just he just sat down and pulled his hood up he knew the game was over it was absolutely incredible the stadium went bananas and that team like the the steelers was completely deflated and of course the best moment of russ's career in seattle and there's gonna be a lot of talk a lot of speculation about this it's the overtime touchdown toss to jermaine curse one-on-one against tremond williams to beat green bay packers after being down a stupid amount of points in the NFC championship game to send seattle back to the super bowl and those are the top five those are my top five um wilson has a a, a crazy highlight reel mm-hmm. uh the nfl actually just put uh, on their youtube about nine to ten hours ago like a three and a half minute clip and uh couple of them are on there a couple of them aren't but nothing is good without the bad Mm. so let's go and just let's just talk about it let's talk about it let's do it um although and
1: and all of our our listeners who are wondering where i'm at uh i'm letting sam sort of run with this one this is a therapy episode so if you came here for me uh you're gonna get you know a little bit here and there but this is this is sam this is his grieving period and i'm just here to support him okay and I'm not going to bang him up too much so about some of what he's going to talk about, because there's one of those that,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> oof, oof. So carry on, Sam. Carry it
0: happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. All right. Number five. S- to some positive more than mindset. Others. Oh, Jesus. The positive mindset <laughs> change of go Hawks. Everything is super great to being critical of the team happened too late. That is a top five worst moment in Russell Wilson's career. I'm not even talking about on the field stuff. I'm talking this guy was the guy who was the team guy until he wasn't. We all bought and believed and thought that there was nothing different that was going on underneath the surface when clearly his agent goes and talks about these are the places we would accept a trade to and he's like, "No, I didn't ask for a trade." Yeah, sure you didn't. Uh, Pete Carroll's rule has always been protect the team, protect the ball. And that switch that late in the career just did nothing but create acrimony, which is a lot of what fans are feeling now. Number 4, top 5 worst moments of Russell Wilson's career any fucking game he played against the los angeles or st louis rams any game just pick one not because aaron donald just threw him around not because the you know the special teams are just fucking with you know the seahawks remember they got it was like you knew how to write a book and then you showed up on the signing day and then there was a rams player there and you just forgot you wrote a book and you just started scribbling with a crayon on a piece of paper that's exactly what they did every time they played the rams was garbage there was like one time i think they won but they lost like 42 to 7 one time they just got thumped no matter where they were at home in st louis in los angeles just brutal absolutely brutal okay number three all of those fucking games they never should have lost to teams like what i'm about to to say they lost the team to the goddamn team formerly known as the team before the washington football team okay who was chaired by kirk cousins 22 to 16 they lost that game in the fourth, in the rain. They lost to the Bears with Nick Foles this season in the snow. They lost to the Giants with Colt whoa, whoa, fucking whoa, McCoy. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Well, weren't you talking just, some shit uh, just recently when I, when I was like, oh, this yes, is weird. Yes, you said, hey, hey, remember well, that the Patriots lost to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl,
0: and now you're telling me that Bowl. one of your worst but moments?
1: The- oh, you went- we'll talk about Super Bowl. Uh, of course it is. Carry on. Of course
0: it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. But th- this is the thing. Every season, every season without fail, there was some fucking game they never should have lost because they played down to their opponent. I lost many bets. In fact, the reason why I named all of those teams is because I made stupid bets that my ass couldn't cash, uh, like talking trash to Giants fans, and being like, oh, there's no way Seattle's going to lose this game. But if Seattle loses, I'll buy pizza for everyone. And what the fuck happened, Tim? I had to buy pizza for everyone. Could not fucking believe that. Had to go ahead and go down in my notes section because the Giants fans said, Russell Wilson has two more good years left, and I saved that shit for the ultimate fucking pettiness, and I had to go back and be like, all right, well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you're right, but I just think that you were right in this instance, and was, this really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to have a weird top two here um, because I know what you're thinking. You're thinking my top two is not going to be two, but it is going to be two. 26 seconds left in Super Bowl 49, and you throw a play that the other team knew was coming, because you let a player go who then played for them who knew the play was coming because you threw it many times on the goal line all year. In the, in the game's biggest stage, some fans say well, they will never forgive Pete Carroll for not looking Marshawn Lynch's way. He was single covered against Jamie Collins on a on a fader out on the other side. Um, or just the fact that they were so arrogant that they believed they could just use that same play they did all year to win against a fucking... Bill Belichick, Patriots, and the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. I just. Oh, how
1: that it's feel? It's going, going to be number
0: two. Uh, just, how did look, that it taste? Oh, I saw you it, gag as It did up. not. It it did not. But also, I have the barrel select here that I'm pretty sure has burned off all of the fucking uh, taste buds that I have. Plus, Patriots fans, uh, over the past couple of days, I got to be honest, a lot of them, um, some listeners of this podcast, some not, have been sliding text messages my way just being like, bro, you okay? And by the way, dot dot dot. I was right. And you're just like, oh fuck you, but thanks for checking on me.
1: <laughs> Do we get it, man. We get it. We know what it's like to be like, oh shit, that actually just transpired. I was I know, yeah. I know it was a potential, but when it actually comes to fruition, you're like, huh. That stings a little bit more than
0: I remember. Yeah. All right. So it's um, I think one? it's just the 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 number one top five worst moment. It's going to sound crazy, but if you're not a Seattle fan, you probably won't. You won't take this the same way. It's the fail Mary. Against the Packers, Monday Night Football, replacement reps. That level of, oh, my God, it's a miracle. How the fuck did this happen? Literally set the foundation for the weirdest fucking Seahawks games we've ever seen in prime time and in regular time and led everyone to believe that the Seahawks were always going to compete and always be in contention because if there was time left on the clock, and Russ could just get down that they could make something happen. I'm not saying Tate didn't catch it. I'm not saying that the Green Bay defender didn't intercept it. I'm saying it was a bad interpretation of the rule, and I'm saying it helped Seattle, but it also set the stage for our demise, their demise, when they thought, ooh, excuse me, that all of this shit can just be happily, little clouds like Bob Ross, little clouds, little happy clouds right here. Everything's going to be fine. As long as Russ gets his back down there, we're gonna go ahead and win this game. The Fail marriage set us up for these expectations where they won twelve to nine versus the fucking Dolphins when they shouldn't have, um, or when they barely beat a, a scrub team, or or when they they do go in a duel and a shootout with the Texans with Sean Watson when he was up on his height when they they faced the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs like all or. or even the moment that they beat the New England Patriots after the Super Bowl loss, 28-22 in Foxborough, it taught us and it conditioned us to believe that anything was fucking possible when we knew that the account of magical bullshit dollars was running out. And it's just it conditioned us to believe that they were always going to be together because no matter what forces came against us, there was nothing that was going to tear them apart. And at I understand that the Super Bowl is like, uh, yeah, I mean that, that that shit you're probably never gonna get over. Um, but fuck, man, we we conditioned ourselves over the last ten years, dude. The last ten years that he was on this team, we were like, yep, they can get it done. It's Pete and Russ. Pete and Russ. Oh, it's Pete and Russ. We're we're gonna be fine. And, and 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 that's this is where I go. There's plenty of more moments that you could be like, holy shit, like. What, what about this moment or what about that moment? But those are the things that remind me the most of like where this team was at their height, and where this team was at their lowest. Losing the teams they had no fucking business losing to. Russ not playing fantastic in those. And then some of their biggest moments on the stage being defined by blunders from a team that should never have been put in that scenario. So here's,
3: here's what I ask you now. What do you think
1: happens next? And between Seattle and Denver, which one do you think ultimately comes out on top?
0: Well, if you look at the way the teams are set up right now, Denver has a semblance of an offense. They have a decent running game. They have a trio of receivers. They're not DK and Tyler Lockett by any stretch of the imagination. But they're in, I would say, the same solar system, right? Jerry Judy, he, just, he had Drew Lock throwing to him. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yep. it, like There's only so much you can do. The defense is where I see the team splitting off completely. What's so fascinating to me and not in a good way is that Pete being a defensive minded coach spent years of picks trying to make the other side of the ball better. And in the end that process was worse and it never changed. It never changed from Super Bowl 49 when they gave up a 14 point lead to Tom Brady. Now again, it's Tom Brady. That shit happens. Right. But they gave that, they gave that, that lead-blowing ability to subpar quarterbacks whenever, whenever possible. No, no lead was safe. No, and that's why I think Russ felt like he had to play hero ball. That's why he had to cook. That's why he had to, to put all that stuff out there. Denver, I don't think they're going to have to do that. Denver was the number three scoring defense last year. And they didn't win a lot of games. But they held people to next to no points. And Vic Fangio, before he got fired, was very clear. He's like, what makes us different than other teams in our division is we don't have a, we don't have a premium quarterback. Now, maybe you shouldn't say that shit. You know, when your boss is watching, because like they're gonna fire you. And I think that's kind of what happened. But um, or, or,
1: or when you spend a, a high draft pick for
0: a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, um, Denver is the team that is best positioned to do what Tom Brady and and what I think Aaron Rodgers wanted to do before he decided to come back to Green Bay. Like this business is cold, and there's no need for you to sit to more three more seasons on a team in which. You're not going to be heard and what you're going to be valued. And if some other coach and some other team is going to say, come on over, the grass is definitely greener because it's fake grass and we have a pool and there's a pool of drinks everywhere, you're going to have to take that. Uh, Seattle got a ton of picks. Good for them. The issue I have with that is that Seattle has not been great at drafting players in the last like six to seven years. They've tried so hard to recreate the successes they had with the, leg- the Legion of Boom. But, like, look at that. That shit was an anomaly. You Mm -hmm. find players in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that become Super Bowl starters. That is the dream, but that is not fucking reality. And you can never recreate that. And that's all they did. They spent every year since 2016, trying to get back there and trying to recreate that. It was in the way they drafted in positions. It was in the way that they brought in free agents to go ahead and say, well, we think this guy can play sort of a Mike Bennett role. this guy can sort of be like Doug for us. like, Instead of letting players define themselves, they kept trying to compare them and kept saying, we think this person can be just as good as, hey, that that team we used to have back in the day. And we all bought it. All fucking Seahawks fans bought it, myself included. We absolutely believed that was the way it was going to go. So that's why like, I'm kind of like okay with – I mean, it's taken, a, it's taken a long time. But I'm, I'm sort of okay – with the trade happening for a couple of reasons. Then the first one is draft picks. Uh, Seattle has always perennial picked in like at the end or towards the end of the last round, of, mm-hmm. sorry, the first round. And they've always traded back. They've always tried to make players with second or third round grades uh, become something that scouts don't think they can be. Um, so we're always trying to go back and find that high and say, oh, yeah, this, the, the Seahawks are going to be that team this year because they got Puta Ford and they got this guy and they got that guy. Um, and we don't get to do that this year, they don't have a choice. Like, all these picks, you got to go out, you got to draft people. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to trade and get more picks, but, like, you'd better use a first-round pick on someone of absolute need, whether it's Kayvon Thibodeau at number nine, whether it's a quarterback, someone that can be, like, you want to groom for the future. Like, I don't know. You, you have so much opportunity here, and you got to do that. You absolutely got to do that. Um, I also, I'm okay with it because Russ has always commanded a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to, to accept and agree this, but like, when you pay your quarterback that much, like other areas do suffer. And the exhibit of Thomas Patrick, Edward Brady, the 14th junior, uh, proves to us that when you take less money, you can build the team in other places. And Russ did that to like, not the nth degree, he did it to a degree. So the team was never really able, even with their cap wizardry to, to be, as competitive as they wanted to be. They said they were, but they didn't really do that. Um, and when quarterback contracts go and just do these crazy things, everyone feels like they need to get that amount or more. And if really the contract that like Mahomes signed was somewhere in the vicinity of what Rogers wants and what Wilson wanted, there's no way that Seattle's gonna pay that because Seattle already went over the top to pay him for his last four-year deal, anyways. So I I clearly think that's probably best for them because if it didn't happen this season, it was going to happen next season. And I can only imagine how much worse this would feel if we go through a season and Russ makes it deep in the playoffs or God forbid (laughs) gets into the Super Bowl. And then they're like, yeah, fuck it. You want too much money. We out like we would be as fans just screaming. Right. Yeah. I'm also happy for Wilson because he no longer has to fight for his life behind the 26th ranked offensive line and pass block rate. Shout out to True Media and Michael Sean Dugar from the Athletic for that stat. He no longer has to work magic to stay on the field, throw everything possible that he needs to do uh, and make every game come down and be excruciatingly painful in the last um, last few minutes. I saw a meme, and it was um, a picture of the Seattle Seahawks logo, and it was a timeline. It was a bar graph, and the first third of the bar graph was like, Jesus, what the fuck are they doing? Um, The middle part is, oh, my God, I want to die and then the last part is holy shit we won. And that was what every single Seattle Seahawks game felt like. Um they always got behind and then they allowed Russ to just kind of bail them out and it worked until it didn't. And then they're like, "All right, cool. I guess we're done with this. We're going to do something else." Like, good for Russ. He's going to go to a team that has a decent defense. He's going to go to a team that has a semblance of offense there, and I just think that it's probably best for all parties to do that. But man, Outside of what they recouped for the Adams trade in picks, there's a lot not to be happy about in this in this trade for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's do
1: some quick rapid fire here because I know we're on a on a time clock mm-hmm. tonight for this
3: one. So, um, why is this good for
0: uh, Seattle? Well, you got the picks. They don't have to pay Russell Wilson fifty million dollars. Um, and at the end of the day. It is kind of what both sides wanted they don't want to admit it out loud but it is mutually beneficial for both of them because they don't have to deal with the constant performance of telling the media that one another that everything Mm -hmm. is fine because now we know that everything is not fine we don't have to worry about why we need to make let russ cook fetch because russ can cook in another city we don't have to worry about why Russ isn't doing more two-minute offense because that's not Pete style. He doesn't have to answer the questions anymore. We don't have to worry about contracts and how much we're going to pay people because anyone who was on that Super Bowl team outside of Ben Samaela is now gone. They're not on the team anymore. So Seattle has the, the cap flexibility to go back and do exactly what they need to do. Why, why is this uh, Why is this good for Denver? This is good for Denver because this this is crazy. And I think some people know this, but some people may not. When they got decimated by the Seattle Seahawks in the 2013 Super Bowl – John Elway was like, I want a defense like that. And he created one in the next two years and then got Peyton Manning to come in and then lead that team to a Super Bowl victory. Now, they only scored 24 points and the defense was a very big part about why the Carolina Panthers didn't score anything more than 10. But one thing John Elway does not do is draft quarterbacks. Well, he just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Osweiler, Locke, Bridgewater, like all these people that have like, this has been a revolving door, like None of those people have been position leaders or franchise leaders since Manning left. And those are big shoes to fill. Yep. So you need to bring someone in that has that, that sort of pedigree. And I believe I believe Russ does that. So it's great. Also,
1: I, I do think they got a little lucky with bringing on um, Peyton because coming off neck surgery and everyone's like, what's going on? And, and then he ended up just performing really mm-hmm. well. And then mm-hmm. immediately fell off, right? Like he, had a, he struggled for a little bit towards the end. I don't quite anticipate that in the same way with Russell Wilson. I think he's going to kind of change up their dynamic quite a bit, as long as they can bring in weapons or otherwise he's going to end up in the same boat being a, a premier quarterback with, you know, one or two guys to throw it to They need to bring in like an actual full-on team. So let's do this. Yeah, I agree. Let's give you your parting words to just finally flesh it all out, get it all out there. We know there was a bunch of other trades that went down, Uh, we're going to address a lot of those going into next week. A lot of them weren't as big a blockbusters as this one. A lot of them weren't as big a surprise. There are some still out there. We'll talk about Jimmy G where he lands, uh, all that sort of stuff. What's going on with Carson Wentz and that fall from grace. How do you get trade? How do you go from, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league to get traded for two third round picks. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy,
0: Brutal, absolutely brutal. Anyway, Sam.
1: You've had the mic the whole time. I'm going to defer to you to, to ride us out to the end of uh, our first episode back because I appreciate it and understand what it is that you're going through. So uh,
0: take us to the I, end Good so. let's, let's be frank. I never I never thought that we were going to come to a consensus on this. I never thought I was going to understand when I was giving you all that shit last season. I was like, "Ah, fucker, could never be me." Now I'm like, damn hello darkness my old friend and you're taking it harder than i am because <laughs> okay. i at
1: least had something to like take away from it and i said it before and i know it makes me sound like yeah, six super bowl rings that's what you have to I take know. away from it tim six I, super bowl rings and i and i know it sounds super pretentious but like i'm here for these rough seasons because it kind of resets what you look at mid-season in terms of like importance of games and and whatnot uh you It makes us sound like assholes, but as New England fans, that happens, right? Like for us, it's deep into the playoffs, the Super Bowl, or bust when there are plenty of teams out there who are just pumped to make it into the playoffs. And unfortunately, I thought that lull was going to be longer than it is. Like all of a sudden, we're back flirting with the playoffs again and, and winning games like, okay carry on be like, no <laughs> like and it's it sounds miserable i i know i know it makes me sound like such a douche in and in a new englander but i i actually genuinely mean that like we were so spoiled for so long in new england that if we weren't making it to a super bowl or we weren't making it to like a conference championship or, or something like that it was like oh what a failure of a season when there are plenty of teams out there that are like holy shit we might make it to the playoffs this year this is amazing and like i miss some of that feeling because I was a I was a Pats fan before Brady was even a, a quarterback on the team, and I know they did well, and Bledsoe helped. You know, it, it wasn't like they were the worst, but it wasn't like perennial favorites to win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I get it. I totally get it, and I'm I'm actually kind of excited to kind of get that reset. But you guys, you guys were not necessarily in that same boat, right? Like, uh, no, at the but- end of all of this. When you move on and you look back and say, okay, I'll never move on. Is this like a Dan Marino situation where we had one of the best quarterbacks ever, but had nothing, you know, in terms of like major championship accomplishments to show for it. And does that diminish the player? No. But if he goes on to another team, he doesn't win anything. At what point do you then start like coming to terms with the fact that while he was great, maybe he was part of the reason they weren't winning Super Bowls?
0: Oh yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. And when I when I think about the reasons why this team fell apart, there's a, there's a few things. There was a Seth Wickersham article about the dynasty that never was and how um all of the team players felt that there was a different sense of accountability for for everyone else on the team and and I think that that was a that was a big reason why the players all left. But like I said, was no left he, on the team from the Super Bowl.
1: Wasn't he also rumored to be like a coach's guy and not a team guy? Like he was kind of yeah. like I, I don't want to say like grimy, but when it came, push came to shove. He didn't have the players' back. He tended to have like coaching leaderships back, there, and it came across as like a little bit. There wild, was, almost
0: like a suck up, almost. Yeah, there was that, and then um, during the uh, the national anthem uh, protest, and then even during the Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of players on the team said they were moved by how Wilson finally found his voice and and decided to ascend to that level of the the franchise quarterback there, and and to um, earn yeah. really. The manifestation of that finally ended when he, he started calling out the organization because that's something that Earl did. It's something that Sherman did. That's something that, you know, all these other players who uh, ended up leaving and going to other teams. That's something they all did. But look, this is, this is, I've thought a lot about this and I typed it out <laughs> and I've read it and, I, and I've reread it and I typed it. Look, the biggest thing here, there's money left on the table, there's things left unsaid, and we're not going to see those two intersect until there's a future book or a TV deal. That's it. That's the only time we're going to know about what the fuck actually really happened in the locker room after the Super Bowl. Why Sherm and Earl flipped off, you know, why Earl flipped off the coaches and why the whole team just detonated. We're never going to know. Never. Carroll admitted this year at the Combine that his own defense got arrogant, but he overlooked the arrogance that ended a repeat Super Bowl trophy by throwing a slant on the goal line, okay? Or the arrogance of, um, we're just gonna throw it deep, and then in the second half of the let Russ cook season, oh wow, you throw it deep, and they're prepared for it. Oh, well, I guess this is gonna work. We have to go back to run the football. Like this guy is a franchise quarterback, beloved by the city, and you trade him. No matter how you cut it, loyalty gets you fucking nowhere. Um, every one of the Super Bowl players except for Ben Mayo is gone. For a team that preached brotherhood, for a team that that said we're gonna do things better than you. Um, there was a Fox article that I posted on my Facebook recently about, uh, you know, like how this team fell apart. And then there was a, the thing that was the worst was the fucking Super Bowl intro video, in which Kurt Russell spoke over a Metallica song about how this team is different. This team is going to hit harder than you. This team doesn't care what you think. And the biggest problem is that one constant that the coaching stayed stuck in a vision of a football team that won college championships and won a Super Bowl, but then the, the entire league figured out like overnight. And they just never zigged when the rest of the team zagged. You can't run Tampa two forever. You got to put wrinkles in it. You just you have to do something. And like they tr- they tried and failed to recreate the same team ever since 2013. And we all bought into that fantasy, myself included, for about five years more than we should have. That Bobby Wagner was released the same day that Russ was traded. It's like, well, I guess this is a business. I guess this is the biggest thing. All the bullshit you sold us about we're a family. You know, we're a different team. It doesn't matter. But the thing that hurts me the most is that this Seattle team taught me to love football. And part of that's Russ. Part of that's, you know, Pete Carroll. And part of that's the defense. But, like, without Russell Wilson's success, Bakers and Kylers of the world don't get drafted where they do. Millions of people don't know about the Pacific Northwest and the fucking great stadium that is Lumen Field without Russell. And as Danny Kelly from The Ringer points out, Russ came into this game as a game manager. Okay? And then he won a Super Bowl. And then he kept winning at a high level and there kept being reasons why they didn't make it back, but you couldn't really pin it on him. And now the team that he fucking decimated on the game's highest stage is like, you know what? Yeah, we need some of that magic. So why don't you come over here and, you know, show us a little bit of what we've been haunted by for these last six years. It's quite the stunning, you know, reversal. Um, man, I, the thing that, that, that hits me the most though, is the kids. There, there are kids who want to be Russell Wilson in Seattle. Just hundreds of them, thousands of them. There are kids that's the only player they know. It's the only reason they know football. They go to his passing academies. Fuck, I got to volunteer at two of his passing academies at the University of Washington. I've seen the way that he interacts with people. Um, he has a charter school in Seattle. He has a foundation, the Why Not You Foundation. And he never missed a Tuesday after a game of, of meeting sick children at the Seattle Children's Hospital. Like, he's a fucking goddamn role model. And the team just traded him for two first-round and two second-round picks like, it just it just seems to be like just one of the worst fucking endings for a franchise that you think that you could think of. And where we go from here is like run, run, pass, punt. Like if you know, you know. That's like that's what Seattle Seahawks football has tried to be. Russell Wilson be damned, and that's where we're going back to. Like, if I could take the words of the immortal Shania Twain, John and Pete, your draft picks, they don't impress me much. So you got the roster moves, but do you have the touch? Now, don't get me wrong. I think you're all right, but that doesn't keep us winning Super Bowls every fucking night. Y'all don't impress me much. All right. Now I made that shit up. But realistically, those two got till 2025, even though the contracts are up till 2027. If you keep this shit up, John and Pete, there's going to be some new faces in town. And I, for one, am not looking forward to how fucking <laughs> quiet of a loud city saddle is going to be this year because they're going to try and fucking pump in crowd noise because no one's going to be happy about seeing Drew Locke fucking throw picks up there. But then I got to think, Tim, do I put myself on the season ticket list? Because uh, I got to think
3: it's going to come down a little bit. I, you
0: know what I
1: mean? I'm so caught up in what you just did. Like, <laughs> 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 okay, you tried to slip that I in there. I do it there. for you, baby boo. You, you tried to slip that in there. Like, I wasn't going to catch it. I did. You just wrote I
0: typed it. it. I typed it and sent it to you in the show notes. And then I'm, I gleefully read it. But I have the show notes up. You must not.
1: I, no, I have them. I purposely did not read through them today because I wanted to get the organic feeling that you were going to give me. Oh, that's organic. Babe. By this, that, that, that is no, that organic. is not organic. That is the most Don't crazy panic, you thing organic. you have ever done. That is amazing. You you <laughs> remix the Shania Twain song to express your feelings. That is some. Some sad white girl eating ice cream in the kitchen floor after a breakup type (laughs) shit. Well, maybe
0: that's what I've been doing for the last 24 hours, Tim. Maybe that's what I've been fucking doing, okay? Oh, man. Uh, All right. Well, I can appreciate that. I I can
1: can appreciate that. Yeah.
0: The last thing I got to say about this, um, I and many other people, and I suspect you as well, will be secretly cheering um, for us to destroy the fucking Seahawks when the Broncos visit fucking Lumen Field this season. Jesus Christ. Like,
1: I have no vetted the, interest in either one of these that? things. Uh, so, I'd like to see both in a like, tie just to rub in your face. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm that just sh- kidding.
0: That shit ain't going to happen. Uh, ultimately, at Oh the my end God, the day,
1: hold on. Imagine if Drew Locke comes out and wins. What do you think then?
0: No, I, I, I'd I, fucking spontaneously combust. I would.
1: Okay, sorry. Uh, I really on. would. Just the same way
0: that all, all my friends have been trolling me with this. What if Tom Brady goes to Seattle? I'd be like, then I think I would have to Support a different team and just hate Tom Brady. You are a liar. You would get
1: a three-way jersey. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a one. The Patriots color. The space in between the numbers would be the the Bucks, and the twelve would be uh, the Seattle colors. You know
0: it. You goddamn know it. Oh my goodness! You would become the biggest Tom Brady cheerleader ever. Maybe, maybe, maybe I would. Maybe I would. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. It's not going to happen. Well, then again, I said Russell Wilson was never going to be traded. Look what happened. Um, Look. This is the end of an era, Matt. This is the end of an era, an end of an era in which Seattle football was revolutionized, where they took fans who were fans of the 2000 Seahawks, who got a Super Bowl stolen from them in the Motor City, who then came back and said, you know what, Pete Carroll, I fucking believe in football again. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go to every single game. We're going to watch it uh, on television or in person and the Seattle Seahawks, the 2013-2014 Seattle Seahawks, are one of the best football teams I can remember, you know, just in history. And I, I just think we're never going to get back there. So we've got to temper our expectations and just realize that that team is never going to be the same thing. I do wish, I do wish Russ um, the absolute very best of luck. But uh, this is going to be fucking difficile, as they say in Spanish. It's going to be really difficult. But I don't, I don't think that I'm going to be able to. Um, be anything but excited to see him duel with Herbert and Mahomes multiple times a year, because I know that that shit is important to Russ about his legacy and, and comparing himself and and facing against like high levels of competition. And there's just so much that I feel is left on the table and it's brutal, but I, I guess this is just fleeting, like success is fleeting. And, and in football, like if you're not first, you're last.
3: Yeah. Would you have preferred he retired?
0: No. No, that there, there's there's something about Russ's game that is just different. There's something that about his game that Baker and Kyler have, have added to. There's something about the, you know, Lamar Jackson game that is Russell wilson esque. There there's there's so many things that like he he is he's an influence in other quarterbacks that are currently in the league. And I just could
1: but couldn't until like, all the
0: wheels fall off. I just want to see that guy keep going.
2: But
1: couldn't you, like, walk that back and say he's sort of an image of, like, the Donovan McNabs and
3: the Michael Vicks of the world?
0: You definitely could. But I think where they weren't as great as Russ is that for a long time, Russ did what they could. not And Russ was a fantastic deep ball passer. He's still one of the best deep ball passers in the league. And that has never been uh, either one of those quarterbacks, you know, strengths. And he I think, ran uh, less and less in the last think, few years
1: and it's just I think, I think he was the natural I think he was the natural progression from those two but then now you have like Patrick Mahomes yeah, I would agree. who was yep. the logical project, progression after that so like he's yesterday's best quarterback he's yesterday's like prototype Ooh. quarterback and now you have like everyone wants a Patrick Mahomes now everybody wanted a Michael Vick yep. or Donovan McNabb who was like a a throwing thread and a moving thread. and then uh you had Russ come in and, and other other players who have come in and kind of modified that a little bit. And now you have guys like Mahomes who have taken it to like a whole another level. Um, I'm still curious to see if they all play into their forties like a like a true pocket patcher does. But uh I do think like where his place is and, and whatnot. Well, I mean, look at listen, you got Rodgers moves, but still gets banged up, right? Like he is, he's he's missed significant time and now as of late, he's thirty eight, yep. Now, as of late, he is more of a pocket first quarterback and he dumps the ball away and he's making some of the same late career decisions that Tom Brady did. So it's other, other than those two. Let's see how many people play into their late 30s, into their 40s and, and see what happens. But in any event, yeah. I feel free, brother.
0: So I feel for you. you know, you, you watch the you watch the new um, Jurassic Park movies. Um, I think I think I'm up to date. I think. The ones, the ones with Chris, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, basically, this is the thing. You know how, in, in, and this has been my last thought on this because I, th- I think it wraps it up nicely. But you're not going to believe it. Um, when the, when, when the first Jurassic Park movie comes out, right? Everyone's like, "What the fuck? Why the Jeff Goldblum coat? You didn't stop to think why you should, even though it could, you know, like, even though you could, right? Uh, and then in all the new Jurassic Park movies, like, you know, Chris Pratt's character is like. Why did you merge a velociraptor with the trans? Like, what are you doing? Why would you keep doing this? You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the Seattle Seahawks were like, as you pointed out, they got the prototypical quarterback of the past, and they kept trying to create a new fucking dinosaur to put on the field every single year. And they kept trying to sell it to us as, this is going to be the new thing. This could going to be the new attraction. And we all kept buying it, even though it was a disaster, even though it like ran a mock over all of our feelings about what Seattle football is, what it could be, and it ruined our emotions. We just we just bought it every time. And you're like, look at this brand new dinosaur we created. We're like, Yep, that's cool. Yeah, I'm about it. Yeah, go off. Now I'm gonna be like, mm, I might uh I might not wear the hoodie not as as often as I used to. I might I might <laughs> save the the old game warrant cap and I might I might watch a couple of the games. In not uh, my backwards cap and my jersey I haven't washed since fucking 2016 or any of the shit. I might actually start oh, Maybe this is your fault t-shirt. for not
1: washing that jersey. Yeah, you know I, I
0: because not thought about that in here's, my here's a, stages of grief over the last hour
1: for sure. Here's a here's a question: <laughs> What did not washing that jersey get you?
3: Super Bowls? No, because
0: it happened every too school. soon. Too soon. Yeah. Okay. No, it's actually it's, it's actually not because Tim, I'm. <clears throat> I'm prepared to say this. That fucking Super Bowl loss was in 2015. Okay. That yeah. was oh, seven years ago. Um, it's time
3: to get over it. It's time. Trust me. You Go learn off. to get over them.
0: Because
1: we've, we've lost more Super Bowls than you guys have Oh, fuck days. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. let's finish this on a a high note. Uh, We'll do a very Uh, quick little uh, give us a two-minute summary of your trip to Hawaii, my man, because I told you that was the most magical place on Earth.
0: Was I wrong? And you didn't fucking lie. You absolutely didn't lie. Uh, Went to uh, Maui for a week and Kauai for a week. And uh, honestly, Maui is uh, the land of resorts and beaches and surfing and being waited on and getting drinks served to you. I'm watching the sunset, and it's absolutely beautiful, but fucking Kauai is where it's at, bro. You're the last fucking inhabited island in the Hawaiian Islands chain. There's another island out there, but ain't nobody on it but fucking animals, right? So in Kauai, when the fucking sun goes down, everything closes. It's like big boy rules at that point. Like, you, you better make sure you have fucking groceries and gas in the vehicle and beer in the fucking fridge. Is yeah. You ain't doing shit except making a fire and letting the fucking stars just cascade over you. The stars. You can, How you, you fucking amazing
1: the are the stars?
0: Unbelievable. We actually we went to Haleakala and watched the sunrise. Uh we we, we showed up um at four o'clock in the fucking morning. Cold uh, it as was shit. Freezing. <laughs> Cold as shit. It was thirty fucking degrees outside. So for anybody um, who doesn't know
1: that is the only point in the in the entire Hawaiian Island chain, I think they get snow. You can there are videos you can go on and see people snowboarding in like swim trunks. It's insane. It's
0: it's it's absolutely wild uh, shout out to my wife she she ended up taking the um the comforter from the hotel room she brought it with her <laughs> as we drove up the mountain because it was so fucking cold out there and i, and I brought my LB gear and i was annoyed by how cold it was right but i'll tell you the best thing that i saw in hawaii was not swimming with green turtles which if you have problems you don't when you swim with turtles it's the most fucking amazing thing in the world or seeing all the stars or drinking fantastic beer shout out to Hawaii Brewing Co. and Maui Brewing Co. The the most beautiful thing I saw in my two weeks in Hawaii was watching the sun come up over the horizon at 10,000 feet with a native Hawaiian singing a fucking chant to welcome it into the world. And it's the only time that I've just been like, hmm, I don't want anyone to fucking say a single thing right now. I just want people to shut up and just fucking just hear this for what it is because it was incredible. It was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Um, seeing the entire world have this like golden hue to it.
2: Mm.
1: it's just so for, for anybody who doesn't know, you are sitting above cloud level at that height, in yeah, a, in a dormant Unreal. like blown out volcano, and you are just seeing the sun for like the first time, and it's just it's insane. but if you're there on a night where there's no moon in the sky, there is zero light pollution in a lot of those places it is like my it is i'm gonna sound like a stoner but it's like life altering because you suddenly realize when you see more stars than you could probably ever sit and count it literally blows your fucking mind because you see like colors you didn't know existed in the sky you see like yep you said all that and
0: i thought you were i thought you were gassing me and then I, i witnessed it and i was like uh, so why am I seeing double total rainbows during the day? Is this just what fucking
3: happened? <laughs> Take us home, Tim. Take us home.
1: <laughs> uh, when we were there, I wanted a ukulele it. so bad, and I never got one. Uh, so we waited, waited, waited. And then my son wanted to learn how to play it, so I ended up buying this fucking Fender ukulele. Uh, I can play maybe one song on it. But, man, if, uh, if you've never been to Hawaii... You got to go to Hawaii. You get sucked right into the reggae. You get sucked right I mean, into the ukulele
0: Hawaii, music. Hawaii is the only place where I was on the plane coming back. And I genuinely, genuinely in my head was like, how can I make this work? How can I stay here? How could I afford to live here? How, how could I make this a reality? Yeah, I, I get that I'm six hours behind everyone else. But like, how is this fucking possible?
3: Because like, yeah.
0: I'm telling you, dude maui maui is just fucking crazy because of all the resorts and just like the sights you can see in haleakala and i played golf and i ended up racing the fucking sun uh because the maintenance guy said i couldn't do 18 before the fucking sun went down and guess what i went 18 before the sun went down i said yeah bitch i told you but kawaii is one of the most beautiful places i think exists on planet earth and yeah um i learned to surf there I've, i've seen nothing but Absolute crazy amounts of stars. I have so much fucking respect, and I just think hashtag protect Hawaii at all costs yeah. is the thing. If anyone decides to fucking ever attack the sovereign nation of Hawaii, even though it's a state, the sovereign nation, <laughs> um, I, I say we, we throw every single fucking nuke at them and just wipe, wipe, that, wipe that country off the face of the earth. I'm just saying, you know, it's the it's it's most wrong. important thing we have in, in American tradition, for sure. All
3: right. Well,
0: good way to end it. Welcome
3: back, Sam. Welcome back. We're going to hit this ground running. We
1: got a lot to talk about next week. We're going to talk Bruins. We're going to talk Celtics. We're going to talk about this shitty lockout that, uh, in a league that is Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. struggling a little Mm -hmm. bit with fan retention. You're not doing them any disservice. We're going to talk some more of these trades. We're going to find out where Jimmy G probably lands. Cause
3: you know, we'll see. but
1: glad to be back everybody.
3: And not so much, you know, under the circumstances, I'm sorry we
1: have to start this way, Sam. But it's only up from here,
0: baby. Do you do you know the? the yeah, I know. Because the best thing from here is that in my picks, I now no longer have to like you know pick with emotions with Seattle. I'm going to pick against them for fucking 18 minutes next season. <laughs> no, because so I should get all those points. Here's what's going to happen: Drew Locke's going to come out and he's going to ball out somehow.
1: I'm calling it. <laughs> I'm calling <laughs> it.
0: The dude is 30th in touchdown percentage. Get out of here with that shit.
1: Maybe that's game hey, planning uh, in, in Denver, and you're going to see some of the same game planning and mechanics with... Uh, imagine if they flip-flop statistics.
0: <laughs> no, juicy. Uh, bus But Tim, yeah. Tim, your stats, they don't impress me much.
1: Okay, we got to go, everybody, before it gets going again. Thank you. <laughs> We're back. We appreciate everybody hanging out, waiting for us. We're back. Peace. All
2: right. Peace. Peace.